Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. <laughs> Sam and Greg, Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929thegame.com. Sam, you don't you to know this, but he is doing double duty, Corey McCartney is. He was with us yesterday while you were gone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, And man. back again? He's back again. That's how much we want his knowledge. We want to find out what he thinks. Now, we've got a whole nother day, a whole nother sample of what these Braves can do against a team, one of the top teams in the league, and you get down. You have that intestinal fortitude that brings you back. You saw a pitching duel. Strider was, was pitch for pitch with, with Houston. And, I mean, it went late into the game, and they matched them when the runs came in. And yet, I'll let Corey take it over from here. What they showed you in extra innings, isn't this the kind of win that teams who win championships get? Absolutely. And I will say I had to come back on today because I did not get to hear Sam say that I was social, so I had to come back on today. To order to get that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but if you look at what – I mean, think about this – and you look at the, what happened last night in this one over the Astros in extra inning. Ronald Cooney Jr., Dansby Swanson, and Austin Riley were all hitless. They still end up beating the team uh, with the best record in the American League, and it happens from Spencer Strider you know, just having another fantastic outing. Uh, his second this week against two of the best teams in all of baseball. Obviously, you know, Vaughn Grissom hits another home run. Michael Harris, the second, comes through with that you know, game-tying, RB, uh, game-tying double uh, in the 10th the inning. And then, obviously, Travis Darno coming off the bench. The first pinch-hit uh, walk-off that the Braves have had since Max Freed against the Marlins on July 4th. Uh, just absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, but, you, I mean, you're, you're right. This is how teams that you know win, manage, uh, great teams manage to find a way to get things done when everything on paper says, you know, okay, this is going to be a really tough week for them. This is going to be a, a real proving ground, and they've now won you know, five of the first seven games that they faced against two of the best teams in all of baseball. It's it's pretty stunning. Truly it is, folks. We're spending time on the waitfor.com hotline this morning with Corey McCartney. Do he it. is social. Uh, you can find you him go. on Twitter at Corey. <laughs> Why are you saying that? <laughs> it is at Corey J. McCartney uh, on Twitter. Uh, Corey, you mentioned, let's talk about this, this youth movement and, and this kid squad facing a team like Houston for the first time. They've watched these guys on TV, but they've never actually been on the field and lined up with this group. And, and the fact that they still go out, we talk about Harris, talk about Grissom, and Strider going six strong innings. What that means for this team going forward to, to face a team like this, a lineup like this, and have this kind of success? I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it's kind of mind-boggling, right? Because you think about, and I was, I was trying to, to – kind of piece this together, you know, again, I, I moved to Atlanta in 2005. So I was here, you know, for the, obviously the baby Braves, Jeff Frank core, that kind of whole explosion there. Um, I was working at sports illustrated in the time. And obviously Frank core was on the cover of SI with the natural and all that stuff. And it, it was certainly a big youth movement that year. And you felt, you know, how pivotal that group was into keeping that streak of, of uh, you know, division titles alive. 
it honestly feels like this is even bigger because yep. the fact that, you know, one, you've got, you've got two guys that you could end up making an argument for uh, in terms of an NL rookie of the year in Spencer Strider and Michael Harris, the second, and they've, you know, one of them, they obviously decided they loved so much they put a ring on it and locked him up for a uh, contract that could go as long as 10 years. Um, and then, you know, Strider, you know, you're talking about a right now, 13.5 Ks per nine is the best for any rookie in history. That's knocking off Kerry Wood in his 12.58 uh, from 1998. Mm -hmm. And Ron Grissom has a 3.85 average through his first 11 games. The only player who's ever done better in a Braves uniform in that span is Jeff Grancourt in 2005 to bring it all back together. So, that's how good this this young group has been for them, and um, you know, I, honestly, you can say, okay, you know, do, do they not know any better against the teams that they're facing? They, should, they know they shouldn't, don't know that they shouldn't be in this position. Uh, there's a book out on Spencer Strider. He keeps making adjustments that you know, fastball slider combination doesn't matter. Uh, Michael Harris keeps coming through at the plate, just coming through in clutch situations. We'll see uh, as Grissom gets a lo little bit further along. Obviously, 11 games, an extremely small sample size, but. Um, it, it, it's pretty amazing what they've been able to get out of this core of rookies. And, and uh, you know, to, to come back to it, I, I don't know if you looked at, at the, the height of what they got in 05. Obviously, Brian McCann, you know, came along in that run too. But th this group has a, a chance to really be special now and I think long term. You know, they've been using that phrase, the baby Braves, and, and not realizing or remembering that like you're talking about the 05 team. But I was thinking about this. If you attached it to this particular team, they're all – basically babies and i was thinking who's the who's the elder statesman on this team in the everyday lineup who was that it, matt olson probably okay and, and that dude just signed and it was it <laughs> six eight year deal seven year deal six year deal what was it that he when he came here to atlanta matt olson's contract yeah so yeah yeah so he got uh he got a uh eight-year extension eight-year deal okay the fact that he is the elder statesman of this team i mean Alex Anthopoulos has got to be just sitting in his office grinning from ear to ear. Sam and I talked about this earlier. Here's the question. When you start to think about the future of what this team may look like, where is it that you pencil Grissom in? Because you've got to have him in that lineup, especially once Ozzie comes back. And I'm going to assume that they pencil Dansby back on this team. They give him the contract. Maybe Dansby gives him a hometown discount or whatever. But you keep that infield intact, and you've got to keep Grissom in that lineup. I don't think that's going to be at a DH position. So does he take over one of the outfield positions and make that transition that we talked about? Actually, we talked about it yesterday when they put Chipper out there. I think you're going to have to, right? I mean, I, I was, uh, you know, certainly he doesn't profile the DH, and I think you know the DH allows you to have somebody that can be more of a run producer, and he's just such an athletic kid. I can't imagine they could try. Remember, they, they put Evan Gaddis in left field before in a team that went to the postseason. Uh, you know, we've seen Austin Riley in left field before. I, I, I have no doubt that, uh, that Vaughn Grissom can make the transition. Now, maybe it doesn't happen this season because I just don't think there's enough time to get – you don't want to get him down to, uh, to Gwinnett to get him some games to get used to playing it because you don't want to take that bat away from what he can do at the major league level. But maybe that becomes a point of transition for him in this offseason if, uh, if Dansby Swanson is indeed back because I just don't think that you can get away from being able to, to have him out there every day and finding a spot for him. So, and obviously you don't want him to be a bench player as well because the batsman is so productive. But I just don't know that they have another option beyond trying to see if he can move over to play left field. Spending time on the waitforit.com hotline with Corey J. McCartney. Um, Charlie Morton gets the ball today, and um, which do you think we will see uh, from him? Of course, he you know had kind of got things turned around 
when the season began. Since that time, though, we've seen him pitch more like the guy that we saw late last season. And how important is it for us to see them uh, see that from him uh, as we head for the month of September? He's certainly chased a lot of good outings with bad. I mean, you go back to you know July 13th, he gives up five earned runs to the Mets. Next time out, you know he's he's scoreless over six, and he gives up four over five innings, and he's you know scoreless over six and two thirds, and been like that the last couple of times. And he was certainly great against the Mets the last time out uh, through six and two thirds, struck out 12 batters, um, you know tying his season high. You know, it's obviously crucial from the end that, you know, you think about your, your three guys that you're going to ride as that, those rotational pieces during the postseason is going to be Freed, Morton, and Strider. And, you know, you can, you know, make, I'm sorry, Freed, uh, you have three, uh, right and, and Strider. So uh, where do you find, you know, where does Morton kind of fit into that mix? Does, does he become, you know, that guy that you want to use in a, in a postseason situation? Because right now, I mean, he hasn't been, you know, the, the top three in there, even though he's your, you know, your veteran guy. So I think it, it creates a lot of interesting scenarios uh, when you get to short series, like how you're going to be able to utilize Charlie Morton. Uh, I, I didn't know I would be saying that, um, you know, a few months ago, but certainly it feels like that right now. Uh, that, that's kind of where they're at in my mind. This is Corey McCartney. You can hear him along with being on our show every Sunday, 5 p.m. with Grant McCauley. From the Diamond is the show. And I would imagine, but I could be wrong, at some point in tonight's show, you guys are going to mention the special anniversary that happened on Friday. Uh, There was a major anniversary in Braves lore that happened on Friday 40 years ago. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Sam and I have talked about this a number of times. But, uh, Corey, are you familiar with what I'm talking about? Not at the first blush. Where where, where are we getting to? The Braves had made a trade. The player was sent to Atlanta for a 7 o'clock, I guess, first pitch. He landed in Atlanta in the afternoon and got on 285 and missed the game. (laughs) Okay, yeah. yeah. That was the 40th anniversary of Pasquale Perez just Uh, looping the city. Yeah, just going around, man. (laughs) Looking for – and eventually he found the stadium. Yep. But uh, the game was – And they made him a jacket with I-285 on the back of <laughs> it. Yeah. Where is that jacket? I, I have no idea, but they gave him a jacket with I-285 on the back of it. He, he earned that. <laughs> yeah. There's a Can great I... T-shirt. There's a great, like, kind of poster that they have of him, too, uh, a cartoon poster. You can look it up on Flight on Google of that. I want to I want to get your thoughts on on a player and this is away from the Braves but I am really really enjoying the last part of this season and watching what Albert Pujols is doing. We're going to take on the Cardinals on this next road trip after the Pirates and I wouldn't have any problem with them dudes grooving some fastballs to him so he can get four more home runs not necessarily all in that one series but passing A-Rod. But your thoughts on on Albert Pujols when you sit back 20 years from now, you're talking to your kids or grandkids, whatever, about this player during a time when anybody who had his kind of numbers were getting accused of taking PEDs, but yet nothing, I mean nothing, ever came at Albert. Your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. And as we get to this point now, he's at 692. I mean, I know he says he's not coming back, but – I kind of want to see him. If he doesn't get it, I want to see him back, right? I want to see somebody get to 700 that we have no questions about because that's the thing, right? I mean, it is, right. you know, him joining that class and having the first guy, you know, and you know, that, I mean, back to the, you know, the, the days of, you know, some of the greatest hitters of all time that you're talking about not having questions about whether or not they took performance enhancing drugs. So uh, if he inches that much closer, I really want to see him come back next season and, 
you know, now I'm getting to the point, it's like, what would you rather see this season? Would you rather see Aaron, you know, Aaron Judge break the single-season Yankees record uh, of 61 by Roger Maris or, wow. you know, Albert Pujols get to 700? Um, I think, to me, I want to, I want to see Albert. I want to see yeah. something that I don't know when we're ever going to see this again. Um, so, uh, you know, it's uh, man, he's getting close. He's making it a lot more interesting uh, than I certainly thought he was going to. Didn't think going back to St. Louis would be like a fountain of youth for him. I don't know. I, I did. Now, no. I don't know if you, if you saw this coming. No way. I mean, I – I mean, think about last year. He was good against you know lefties, and you were able to put him. But he hasn't been a, a bubble league average hitter to this degree. I mean, since honestly, since his last time in St. Louis, right? Uh, that he's forty percent above league average right now. He's not been at that number since two thousand and eleven when he was still a Cardinal. And you know the other part about this is, and this is kind of bittersweet. He he, he knocked out two yesterday. The Cardinals just ran all over the Diamondbacks. But he got those two home runs against a guy who's going to the Hall of Fame. And you just, I, I don't know how I feel about the end of his career, but looking at Madison Bumgarner right now, um, I don't know, you kind of look at it with a skunk eye and go, man, I wish this guy had some of that magic from a few years ago. Yeah, and I think it'd be nice if he, would, if he wouldn't have wound up where he's at, right? I mean, I think if he had maybe gone for a different contract, you know, maybe he'd be in a different situation than he was right here. I mean, he signed five for 85 with the, with the Marlins. I think they've batch and he's there through 24. The, the deal's so big, they can't move him to a contender. So it kind of feels like you're just going to watch him kind of play out this, you know, this really fantastic career, uh, just playing the strings out there in the desert. Yeah. Hey, Corey, listen, as always, we thank you and appreciate the, uh, the back-to-back uh, days joining us on the show this weekend. Hey, thanks a lot. Thank you very, very much hey, again. got it. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.